Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Up Level Your Career with Judson and Jerome podcast. I'm Jerome Emhoff, and I'm really pleased to welcome you to our uh, conversation today. Our intention was to launch season two of the podcast uh, right now, but we got some response from listeners who uh, were talking about how frustrating it's been for them to stay motivated in in their job search during these sort of um, unprecedented times. And they're finding that job search is taking a little bit longer. Uh, They're not having the same uh, sorts of uh, social activity. You know, life has just been kind of in this sort of strange limbo place, you know, for the better part of 2020. And so um, in response to those listeners who were saying, hey, I'm struggling, um, Judson and I decided to do one additional podcast, which is somewhat of an epilogue to season one, uh, just to address some of those cur- uh, concerns and questions we were receiving. So uh, we can call this episode uh, our season 1.5, episode one, or maybe the beginning of season two. But we're actually going to shift gears in season two, and we'll talk a, a little bit about what that is in the end, at the end of the podcast. So this is sort of just a tag-on bonus episode, and we're really pleased that you're here. Um, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we record from our homes. Um, I'm in the Palm Springs area, and uh, Judson, are you in Colorado still? I am. I'm in Vail. Uh, okay, so Judson is in Colorado. So you're likely to hear some background noises from our uh, neighborhoods, our households, and uh, so just bear with that and keep in mind uh, that this is sort of grassroots um, but the content we deliver, hopefully, is of really great value um, to you. Uh, so just uh, just to get started, um, like I said, I'm Jerome. I'm a career coach um, and resume writer, and I've been in practice for 10 years. And, um, and I'll let Judson introduce himself and tell you a little bit about him. Thank you, Jerome. Good afternoon, everybody. Good evening, wherever you happen to be. We're so glad that you're with us here today here. As Jerome had mentioned, we are responding to the concerns and some of the questions that people had for us in terms of staying upbeat and staying positive, not only during the COVID time, the pandemic and all, but just to an extended job search. We know from experience and from working with clients that it, the, the, the experience that you have during your job search is I was going to say, we do have some control over some of these things, but it's wrought with negativity in some ways. It's wrought with rejection, and, and that's really hard to take when you're unemployed and you're already questioning some things about your self-worth. So it, it really is compounded when you go into a situation like this, as Jerome had said, unprecedented times. So we're going to do our very best here to go through some some ideas and suggestions. Many of it centers on the mind. Much of life really does happen in the mind. So we will have a thread of mind management, thought management, running throughout our whole broadcast today. And with that said, um, let's just jump right in, Jerome. Um, I think that you know we yeah. have a lot to cover today. Uh, it'll be about an hour or so, so stay tuned, take good notes. And, and let us jump right in. Jerome, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So we've kind of broken down um, our, our topic today into three key elements. Uh, 
Um, and uh, a lot of this is to control what you can control. And as Judson said, you know, being unemployed is a stressful situation. Uh, in fact, you know, you've probably heard that there are three or four, like, stressful things that anyone can go through, like the things that cause the most stress, and it's like the death of a loved one, um, moving, um, divorce, and unemployment, right? So if you're unemployed, you know it's a, re- it's a stressful time. And so we've broken this down into, into three key elements. The first would be the mindset. And again, uh, you know, as you've probably heard, life is uh, uh, 90, or 1% what happens to you and like 99% how you react. So controlling your thoughts is a really great way of sort of making sure you're staying um, positive and upbeat during a time that might be a little bit stressful. The second element is talking about, about planning and strategy. And we're just going to touch on that briefly. We did a podcast. Uh, at the beginning of the season about a job search plan. But just to keep in mind that having a plan, having a strategy, part of controlling what you can control. And then the last piece we're going to talk about is action. So, you know, it's not enough just to set your mindset, you know, set your intention and and to have a plan, but you actually have to get into motion. And we're going to talk about some things um, around that just in general. So we're going to kick things off by talking about mindset. And uh, in dealing with your mindset, it's just really important to check in with your thoughts. And one of the ways you can sort of know that your thought is going in a kind of a negative space is your body will tell you. Like, I know that if I'm overly worried about something, I will feel it in my body. For me, it's in my gut. For a lot of people, it's in your gut, right? You feel it in your <laughs> does gut. That mean, does that mean you eat a lot? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will spare the details of how it shows up in my gut because they're not pleasant. Okay. Um, but I get a nervous stomach. We'll just say that. I get a nervous stomach and I'll feel anxiety in my stomach. And I know it's because of my thoughts, right? Um, or my beliefs about something. And we have 100% control over our thoughts and our imagination. It's one of the most remarkable things about being human because we are the only species on the planet that we know of that has that ability to choose a thought, to choose an image. And so uh, being aware of what my thought process is and being in charge of my thought processes is one element of really staying in a positive place. I have a choice in any moment about how I'm going to think about a situation. Um, so one way to kind of practice uh, good thoughts is to, to work with affirmations. Um, so affirmations are positive statements that we speak out loud, maybe looking into a mirror, or maybe we just think about them in terms of a mantra, but they help us to keep our thoughts in a positive place. So as a job seeker, you might tell yourself on a daily basis, I have gifts and talents that are of value to a multitude of employers, right? And you just rehearse that thought. I have gifts and talents that are valuable to a multitude of employers. Or you might say something like, my creativity and my innovation are the keys to my success and prosperity, 
So you're saying positive statements um, that are uh, that just sort of help you to stay in a really positive frame of mind. Uh, you can find um, job seeking or affirmations for job seekers online. Um, Louise Hay, um, who was a spiritual teacher, um, kind of started a lot of this new thought movement in the 80s. Um, she wrote a book called You Can Heal Your Life, but she's, she was really big into affirmations, and so she has decks of cards uh, for job seeker affirmations or career search affirmations. You can find them online. You can probably find motivational um, uh, meditations and different things, right, so that you're practicing these affirmations. What are your thoughts on that, Shubman? Well, I, I li- definitely. I mean, there's so much power in words, um, and you know, thoughts are just words unspoken, right? <clears throat> and right. so, I think that if you know, you can definitely reflect on the successes that you've had, and the talents, skills, and abilities that you've been given, and and where it's led you to now. I think reflecting on that is going to give you good positive thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 one of those things where. If you've got the third rejection in the last month, you might not be feeling that. But this is where you also definitely want to tap into your your support groups, your friends, your family. Uh, might even be a job seeking group, for that matter. Mm-hmm. But I think right. that it's you know it's the first step. The way I see it is it's an awareness. Okay, I'm going negative. I'm going down a, a negative road, and you know we know that because it, it does affect us and our body. So. If you're thinking, okay, what are the triggers for you if it's food or if it's, you know, maybe drinking or smoking or whatever it is, um, once you feel yourself going that direction, stop and try to do a gear shift with your mind and say, look, I'm not thinking good thoughts right now. I need to change that. And maybe that's just a break. Maybe it means going outside for a little walk. It could be you know, grabbing a book and just literally getting your mind on something else, even if it's for five or ten minutes. But these types of things, you know, uh, matter. They really do. And so if you think about the connection between thoughts and moods and behaviors, I mean, there's a direct correlation to all those. You know, you think something first, um, and then that usually will affect your mood. And your mood could affect your behaviors. So just being aware that one triggers the, the next and that there is a correlation between them all, I think is a really important component of thought management. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's well, a thought, whole new, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've never read a book on thought management, just that title, for example, but there's a lot of books that are out there that allude to this type of thing. What were you going to say, Jerome? Well, uh, so... Thought is really, really powerful. And um, so people who have followed me specifically, if you follow me on Facebook or, uh, you know, know know who I am in some other way, um, I'm, I'm really focused on spirituality in a lot of different areas of my life. And thought is powerful. And one of the spiritual teachers I follow is Marianne Williamson. She teaches from A Course in Miracles, and she says, all thoughts create form on some level. 
So thoughts are creative. And if you think about everything that's ever been created, the desk you're, you're sitting at, your computer, it all began with a thought. Somebody had an idea. So thoughts are creative. And so in terms of your mindset, thoughts become belief. And beliefs become deeply, deeply ingrained, and they're difficult to shift. But again, I'll refer to Louise Hay. Louise Hay often said, a thought or a belief is just a thought, and a thought can be changed. So um, to piggyback on what you just said, Judson, about shifting gears, sometimes if, I, if you're having a negative thought, and maybe you're thinking about how your, your job search is not going well and you're looking at your bank account and you're worried about how much money you have and how long can I survive with what's in my savings. Um, those thoughts are going to attract, they're not going to attract the good things into your life that you want to have, right? There isn't the energy that kind of flows through us and it attracts things to us. Um, if you cannot yeah. shift the thought to the positive thought, so like if I'm looking at my in my uh, bank account and it's, there's not the kind of money in it that I want. I cannot start to say, oh, I'm abundant and I believe in prosperity and abundance. That thought is too incongruent with what I'm what's, what's existing in reality for me. So I want to get out of the negative thought, so I just go to the most positive thought I can muster up at that time. And maybe it is simply turning on my iPod and listening to one of my favorite songs and dancing my butt off, right? So I do anything I need to to shift the energy in that moment to a more positive place. Um, and, um, and, and you know, you know I, I was, I, I was going to say, you know, one thing that I, I tend to do um, is I tell myself and, and out loud oftentimes Something good is going to happen to me today. And, mm -hmm. you know, just, just that thought really changes things. I can sense it inside, internally. And even if it doesn't, it does create that positivism within you. And then you just carry it over to the next day. Now, you have to be realistic. You can't be doing nothing and saying something good is going to happen. You know, this is where the action comes in. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it's related, so I have to mention it. Right, but if you, if if you are putting out you know good resumes and you're setting you know appointments with people and you're networking, you you put the the universe at alert, and and when you do that, you know the universe does respond, and and you know how it responds, I don't know, I can't explain it, I just know that it does, and so when you start using positive words, you know. Thing, good things are going to happen to me. I have wonderful opportunities that lie ahead of me. Just, just kind of getting that positive thinking going can change everything inside you. And then when in, things change inside, that translates into behavior. Okay, like now I can, now, now I feel good about connecting with so and so and requesting that informational interview or whatever it happens to be. Because if you're down and out. You know, it's probably not the best time to reach out to people and network. I'm not saying don't do it, but it may be reflected and picked up on if you're if you're very negative. So you got to do what you can to get your positive mindset going. And this is something right. you do have control over. 
You know, right. Very few things and in it, this world we have control over, but our mindset right. is, is one of them. And it's probably the most powerful thing we have control over, truth be told, right? Yeah. Um, because when you're in that positive place, and one of my favorite mantras uh, is only good things happen to me. I only allow good things into my life. Or um, I'm open and receptive to all good, right? I'm open to possibility. Just being open, you show up differently. You show up differently and you're more attractive. You're more attractive in the dating world. You're more attractive in the, in, in the job search world because the energy that you put out is so different than if you're feeling desperate. Yeah. Um, so, so I just want to throw out this, this notion. Um, I try to live my life by this formula, this equation that um, I learned several years ago, and it was just kind of mind-blowing. Um, B times do equals have. So oftentimes we get this whole thing backwards. We, we think that our happiness is wrapped up in what we have and that our success is wrapped up in what we have. Like I will be happy when I have my dream job. I will be happy when I have this relationship. I will be happy when I have this particular car. The, but the foundation for all of this is understanding who we are and or who we be, right? So being is ultimately the most important. It's the most powerful element here. So when we know who we are, which is, again, talking spiritually, um, that we're limitless, you know, and there's a power that lives in all of us. I call that power God. Judson, I think you call that power God, but you might call it the universe. You might call it, um, uh, you know, a life source or, you know, whatever it is, that power lives in us. And so we all are limitless. Again, we, we have this great power of our imagination. When we understand that as our foundation and we multiply that by action, right? So I know that I am a value intrinsically. Like, I might be unemployed, but I'm not my job. And I didn't stop being who I was or who I am because I lost my job. I'm still a value. I'm st I still have a lot to offer, even though I'm not currently employed. So having that foundation, like, I am kick-ass. I'm limitless. You're going to show up differently, as I said before. And then the actions you take are going to be more powerful because they're going to be more mindful. It's not going to be just sending out 100 resumes out into the void. It's going to be very much, you know, you're starting from the place of knowing your value and your worth, which we all have simply because we exist, right? So starting with that place. Yep. And, you know, and let me throw another. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Please. No, no, no. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say, you know, one thing that you can do to kind of jumpstart yourself out of a negative situation um, is to, to look at your life and, and the things that you have to do. We all tend to procrastinate from time to time. So maybe what you could do is take on a project, you know, maybe it's cleaning the closet, the garage, or something, to where once you finish, you have that sense of accomplishment and you can feel good about yourself, 
that's, I mean, it goes such a long way. And especially because, you know, when we procrastinate, it just weighs on our subconscious so deeply. And every time we think about it, I think it goes deeper and deeper. And so if you're able to find something, you know, that's, that's going to help you feel like you accomplished something and you were productive, go for it, you know, tackle that and, and get it done and then reflect on it and, and maybe even journal yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, and I, this is jumping a little bit ahead too, which we often do because I think when we get into these conversations, it just sort of unwinds, right? Yeah. I like to think of unemployment in some ways as part of the life cycle of being a career person. It's part of the cycle. We all take jobs and we hope that we're going to stay with the same company until we reach, we retire, right? That's not how it works. Things happen. We quit jobs. We get laid off, right? It's mm-hmm. part of the life cycle. And if you, can, if you can think about it as just sort of the natural ebb and flow of a career, the mindset's a lot different. And so during the time that you're unemployed, yes, be very focused on finding a job. Absolutely. But look at the gift in the time you've been given as well. Because it is a good time to reach in and do some self-development. It is a good time to recalibrate your home life, right? Like you were saying, those things we've procrastinated. It is a good time to, to do those things. And, and don't think of them as substitutes for work, right? Oh, okay, I might as well, I'm unemployed. Might as well clean up the closet. Now. It's like, I'm, I'm not working right now. I have an opportunity to clean up the closet. I have an opportunity to volunteer at my child's school. And so, again, that's all about mindset, right? It's all about shifting your gears and thinking about it differently. It's not like, oh, you know, I've got nothing but time on my hands. Better not waste the time. No. Right. It's an opportunity to do some things that you've been putting off or that you wanted to do and just didn't have time to do. Yep. So it's in a way, <laughs> I was going to say, in a way, it's sort of like summer vacation, you know, and it I'm is. not trying to be, be, you know, flippant about it. But, you know, some people have, you know, they say, well, you know what, I have this time, I'm going to take a little trip or whatever. Now, I'm not suggesting we be irresponsible in what we do, no. especially on the financial no. side. But... You know, there, there is room for fun. And, and you've probably heard the term fun employment. You know, now there's balance in there, but it is an opportunity to kind of do some of those fun things. And, right. and you know, it's, time is, is, is the most valuable thing that we have. And so we're not going to want to waste it. But at the same time, if you're thinking, you know, I've always wanted to see Yosemite. Never been there. Got to go, especially if you live in California. It's drivable, right? Right. So right. you know, look look oh, at it from that. that perspective. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is to assess your current situation. Like, do I have the luxury of being a, maybe a little bit leisurely about my my job search? Do I have the time? Am I in a financial situation where I can do take the time to do some things? And what would yeah. and what will that do with my 
my overall well-being and mindset and emotional well-being because maybe we've been burned out, you know. I, I've talked to some, uh, spoken to so many um, clients who are laid off and, and it's, you know, it's difficult, but they're like, you know what, it was, it was okay because I was so burned out and I needed to rest. Or they're like, you know what, I know I need another job, but I'm going to wait a month before I even start looking because I need to, I need to get back to myself. I need to recenter. So, you know, all of that's critical. It's so important to do that. It is. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So the next point in mindset is really about being realistic, about how long it's going to take you to find a job. Set your expectations. Now, if you're an admin assistant, a graphic designer, certain jobs are probably, you know, a little bit more in demand. Admin assistants, you could probably throw a penny in San Francisco and hit an admin assistant on the head, right? Because there are a lot of people who do that and lots of opportunity. And I'm not trying to uh, put down people who are admin assistants because it's a great job, right? But what I'm saying is, depending on your level of employment and your, the specialty of your career, it's going to take a little bit longer. So like if you are... Um, a, a biotech scientist, you know, that's a very specialized field. It's probably not going to take you to, you know, you're not going to find a job in two weeks. It's going to take a little bit longer, right? Yep. If you're a C-level employee and you're looking for that C-level position, it's going to take a little bit longer. And the way you go about getting that job is going to be different too. The C-level, you know, the the CEO who's looking for a new opportunity isn't going to be applying for things online and finding that, the positions, right? That person's going to work with search firms perhaps or find recruiters or, or, or network. It's going to be a different sort of job search. So it's important to, to be realistic about how long it might take and how you're going to, how you're going to manage your job search, um, so set your expectations and be mindful of those things because, if you keep going about your job search in the wrong way, it's sort of like going to the hardware store to buy a loaf of bread, right? Not going to work out. Um, so you have to, to be really clear about what makes the most sense for you and be realistic about it. It might take six, six months. You know, I had a client, uh, one of my first coaching clients um, in San Francisco um, was an architect. Um, she was, uh, first she was a woman in a, in a field that's really dominated construction architecture, kind of dominated by men. Um, she was a somewhat older job seeker and she was not pedigreed. Um, that was the term she used. She didn't have a degree in architecture. One of the things I learned from working with her was that, she, that you can actually become an architect through apprenticeship, which is how she had a, a college degree, but it was in a different area. And she became an architect by working with architects as an apprentice and being trained on the job. So she had an architecture license. So it's 2009. It's the middle of the recession. She's looking for a position. And it took her about six months to find a job. And she knew it would take a while. She was very active in her job search, and I was coaching her along the way. She was doing a lot of networking. She was going to lots of industry events. She was speaking with former colleagues, doing all of those things that she needed to do. Not applying for things online because they weren't available. 
a few things. But she was really, like, making appointments, doing informational interviewing. And at the end of six months, she ended up with a job that was sort of the dream job. Um, I I remember when she called me, she was like, Jerome, I didn't just find a job. I found the job. This is the job I've wanted my entire career. I will retire from this from this firm. Um, so she was really realistic about her expectations. Again, she wasn't an admin assistant or um, an accountant. You know, it was a right. really specialized field. So she knew it would take some time. Yeah. Well, and I think that you know managing our expectations is so critical because you know disappointment. Um, leads to discouragement, and enough discouragement can even lead to depression, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and a lot of this is because, well, I thought it would be this way, or I expected that. So to to set and manage our own expectations is such a critical component of this. And for some people, you know, it, it it's it's an eye opener to reality because I, I've I've coached with some people and they say, well, I'll be back to work in a month. Well three or four or five months go by and they're like, wow, I really didn't think it would be this difficult. So they have to adjust, you know, the mindset. And, you know, one of the things that maybe can help do that is is what we've probably all heard is the attitude of gratitude. So I'm moving yeah. on to our, sec- our, our next point here. But, you know, this is one of those universe things as well. You know, when we're thankful for what we have while we're pursuing what we want, you know, it, it it just, it not only helps us feel okay with where we are, but I think that it, it opens other pathways that we're not even aware of. And I don't know how it works, Jerome. I really don't. I'll never claim to say, here's how this works. But you just look around and you try it and it does. It, it's so, interesting because I've been, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about gratitude because I've been working a little bit with a coach, a spiritual coach, and um, one of the things she says, and I think this is uh, Deepak Chopra's point and somewhat paraphrased, uh, but she says that gratitude is the feeling tone which is most aligned with abundance. And um, so we were talking earlier about this source of energy, our life source, our source energy, or the universe, or God, or whatever. We're in constant communication with that force through our thoughts, and the best way to be in really tight um, communication is through gratitude. And I'll just share with this. It wasn't in our outline, but I, it just occurred to me. So this, this coach, her name is Felicia Searcy, and she's amazing. She talks about three levels of gratitude. And I think they're really interesting. The first is gratitude uh, um, when or gratitude if. So this is like the lowest level of gratitude. And this is like when I'm looking in my checking account and I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my rent. And so I'm really concerned about it. And then lo and behold, something happens and I end up with the money. And so I feel relief. That's gratitude if. I'm gratitude you know, it's gratitude because my circumstances have changed, and now I'm thankful for that. That's a little bit of a lower level of gratitude. The second level is gratitude for, and this is what we do in a gratitude journal. I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for my family and friends. Um, I'm grateful that I have a, an automobile that works, right? So it's a, a little bit more advanced level of gratitude. But the place we really strive to be is called gratitude in or being in gratitude. And this is being grateful 
before any of our circumstances, external circumstances change. It's just being grateful for the fact that we're alive, being grateful just because we're here. Um, and it's, so it's, all, it's like you said, having an attitude of gratitude. It's like, regardless of my circumstances, I'm just going to be grateful. And even looking at, I, uh, Neil Donald Walsh did a really great call um, a couple months ago, and I listened to it. And he said, you know, when we have adversity, um, he's, he's did this prayer. It was like, oh, God, thank you for this opportunity to claim my power and to demonstrate who I am and my ability to overcome the circumstance. You know, like this. Did you say diversity or adversity? Adversity. Thank you. Oh, okay. You know, so you're in adversity. And you say thank you so much. Thank you, God, for this for this opportunity to demonstrate who I am, to demonstrate my power, my limitlessness. Right. Mm-hmm. Even so, it's like being thankful for this situation I'm in because it's an opportunity for me to exercise my faith in something bigger than myself and in my own power. And it, when I heard it, it like blew my mind because I'm like, okay, that's what it means to be in gratitude all the time. Like yeah. to understand that maybe the circumstances have shown up in my life to give me an opportunity once again to claim my own power. So I, I'm taking notes. I'm really enjoying this. So did you, you said the three <laughs> levels are, are gratitude when, gratitude for, and gratitude in. Did I get that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Or okay. being, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Okay. And when you're, in, when you're at that level of being in great gratitude no matter what, that's when we're so aligned with our source energy that things just really unfold. And it's hard mm-hmm. to maintain. It's hard to maintain. It really is. But I've had moments where, like, you know, I'm just having a crappy day, you know, or whatever. Things haven't been going well maybe for a few days. And I'll be outside walking, and I'll look at a tree or something, and I will just be overwhelmed with a sense of contentment and gratitude. That seems Mm -hmm. to come from nowhere, right? But it's just sort of like, you know what? Life is good. Even though these circumstances suck, life is good. I'm, yep. I know I'm being held by something, right? Um, so, yeah, so uh, and keeping a, a gratitude journal, like every night, you know, the practice of um, writing, um, you know, three things you're grateful for. Um, I have a, my own practice. Um, I, keep, I keep several journals. One of my journals is a prayer journal, and so I write letters to God because it's an easier way for me to pray sometimes. And I always start um, uh, my, the first thing I do is I write two or three things I'm grateful for. And then I write my prayer. And then I write two or three affirmations. Um, And it's just a really, a a practice that works for me. Um, You know, but I think the attitude of gratitude and and then uh, one of the things you mentioned in your notes, uh, Judson was celebrating accomplishments, like looking at um, small wins, you know, like cleaning out that closet, right? Or, yeah. um, yeah. Anything else to to talk about in terms of mindset before we move on? Um, 
Well, we could probably <laughs> talk on and on about that, but I, I guess I would just wrap it up to be, you know, aware of our thoughts, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. put another way is think about what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to just kind of go through the day and just kind of, you know, let thoughts fall where they may. And, you know, negative thoughts will knock, but it doesn't mean we have to let them in, right? So right. I, I think it's important that we are, first of all, aware of it and that we have a controlled response to mm-hmm. it. And, and thoughts, we do. And thoughts manifest form on some level. Mike Dooley, who's another author that I follow, says thoughts become things, so choose the good ones. Um, And you know, you have experience in your life. If you know somebody who's always sick and always thinking about how sick they are and they just keep getting sicker, you know that someone can think themselves into physical illness. It happens, right? And so we can think ourselves into a better state as well. Um, well, absolutely, and, and it goes the it goes the other way too. Of course, you know we get right. that negative motions going in there, and you can feel it in your body. You're just you know it's almost toxic, and mm-hmm. and I've I've experienced that, and I'm like you know I'm gonna think myself into the hospital here, you know, and oh. obviously that's not what we want, but um, we need to really be just be aware of it. So, um, talking about awareness then, here, I want to be mindful of our time. Time, um, I know. <laughs> As you so can listen, tell, I love to, I love to talk about these spiritual mindset things. So, but let's move on to strategy. Um, okay. You alluded earlier in the call um, to having a support system, and so I think that's really an important thing for anyone who's in job search mode um, to really take stock of who are my support. Who's going to be my support system? Who can I count on to keep me accountable? Who's going to be the person who will give me a pep talk when I need one? Um, who are people who might be keys to introducing me to other people? Are there other people who are looking for a job that I can sort of um, engage with so I don't feel like I'm alone? Um, so family, friends, your spouse, whoever it happens to be, you know, it's it takes a village, <laughs> right? So reach out right. to people. Um Part of it's avoiding depression. I think there's so much opportunity to fall into depression when you're unemployed. Um, and so I think and you have to be really actively engaged in not doing that. Um, and it's good to talk about things. What are your thoughts, Judson? Well, I, you know, we're, we're not meant to go through this life alone. So I think that, you know, connecting with other people and, and you know, this is, you mentioned a few options already. People who are closest to you and care the most about you could be a spouse, could be a parent, a child, a good close friend. <clears throat> and I also think that it's important, um, you know, in terms of a support group, if you will, there are a lot of job-seeking groups out there. And I would encourage you to look for one or even create one if you don't have one. And, you know, don't get into a group that's like 50 people. You want an opportunity to be able to speak to others uh, and get to know one another through this process. Um, and, you know, there's a number of good things that can be part of this. One is that support. You're not going it alone. People understand what you're going through. And beyond that, some of this could be sharing leads. You know, you get a job support team, 
if you will, or a success team. Some people call them success teams. doesn't matter what you call it so much as getting together um, and, and having that support, but also the accountability component is important. Because if you're just on your own and you're kind of going through this and you're like, you know, I told myself last week I was going to shoot for four interviews, informational interviews, I was going to send out X number of resumes, who's there to say, did you do it? And if you didn't do it and you have an accountability person, it's not to scold you, it's there to support you and say, what's getting in your way? And then you talk through that. And people who are in a similar situation may have dealt with something very much like you're dealing with, and they might say, here's how I dealt with it. So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's people. It, it, so much of life is just relational, and this is no right. different. Oh, so, absolutely, yeah. Connecting with people. Then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say, uh, choose your travel partners in this journey wisely. So your spouse might be a great person to have these conversations with, but they may not be, <laughs> depending on right. the situation, right? Like if your spouse is someone who's giving you a lot of pressure to find a job and really kind of nervous about the finances and those things, then they aren't going to be the best person to speak to. So don't feel like you have to share this part of yourself with them. You know, give yourself permission, 100% permission, to find the people who are going to be your best support. Right, yep. but you also don't want to find somebody who's going to uh, baby you, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. oh, you know what I mean. You don't want to be coddled. You don't want to be beaten up by someone. You need somebody who's going to challenge you, and and that's why coaching is so valuable, right? Career coaches or whatever, coaching mm-hmm. is valuable because the coach pushes you past the point where you would stop yourself, right? And they hold space for you and they see possibility in you that maybe you can't see. And so um, if you can afford to hire a, a career coach, life coach, do. That's a great support system. It's, and it's accountability. And because you're making a financial investment, there's even another level of, of um, accountability. If you can't right. do that, then find somebody who can serve as that coach for you. Um, yep. It's just really important. Um, yeah. And, and, and as, as I move down our points here in the sake of time, um, you know, another thing that, that, that you had suggested was, you know, in terms of giving form um, to your day, to schedule your day, you know, because oh, it, it's such an important component, starting with, you know, just waking up and getting dressed. Don't be sitting around in your jammies all day. Even if you're, you know, doing, you know, sending out resumes or Zoom calls and you have your upper wear on, just get completely dressed, even the shoes, in, in, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You don't have to always wear shoes, but especially on interviews and things like that, put on your best shoes because, you know, a good pair of shoes can really <laughs> change how you feel. And it's right. strange, but it works, you know. Um, so it's all about how schedule. you show up, right? It is. Absolutely it is. And so scheduling your day, you know, it, it may mean, you know, from, from – Nine until noon, I'm going to be sending out resumes and creating cover letters. Um, then I'm going to have lunch, go for a little walk, and then I'm going to come back. And from two until four or whatever, um, I'm going to continue my networking calls. You know, but just give it some form and structure because it's empowering to know that you have some control over your day. You know, and when you're working, you scheduled your day. 
So this is a consistency component. So you're not just kind of floundering through the day. You know, you've kind of got it planned. Right. Because if you don't schedule your day, the temptation to stay in bed too long is there. The, the temptation to take a nap is there. And, um, and being self-employed, I have to schedule my day. And there are times when I don't, and then my day just goes, you know, to pot because mm-hmm. I haven't done, I haven't planned enough to be accountable to myself and to really work through the things I need to work through in a day. Um, and there's so many, and then at the end of the day, like there are days it's like 2.30 and I'm like looking at myself, like what have I done today? Well, I didn't have a plan for the day. So it just, it was wasted. And then I feel really bad about myself because I feel like I've been ineffective and wasted time. So planning is important. Make sure you include things like exercise in that plan as well. Um, if you're not a person who exercises, this is a time to do it. You've got time. And it doesn't have to be going and lifting weights or whatever. Find something that you enjoy. Ride your bicycle, go swimming, uh, dance, take a walk, walk your dog, whatever. But the physical activity is going to increase your endorphins and it's going to make you feel better. And you're going to feel like you're doing something for yourself. Um, so yep. in scheduling your day, uh, the, the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I believe, I haven't read it, but I believe this comes from that. I use a Franklin Covey planner. And so there's a weekly compass. So each week you sort of plan your, your week. And um, at the top of this weekly compass, there's this concept of sharpen the saw. Um, and so there are four components that you work into each week. One is a physical activity. Uh, the second is a social or emotional um, activity. So that would be like maybe having a coffee with a friend. It might be... Um, you know, uh, scheduling a, 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 a dinner date with your husband, something sort of in that area. Then there's mental, which is about continuing to learn something. You know, so it's maybe taking a class, signing on to a webinar, reading a particular book, and then spiritual, um, meditation, prayer, um, yoga, um, whatever it happens to be. So think about that as well. Um, so for the people taking notes, Jerome, can you say those four again slowly? Yeah. Yep. So the first is physical, then social slash emotional, mental, and spiritual. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, the Franklin Covey Planner is a really great system if you're looking for a way to schedule yourself because it really teaches you some ways to do that. And so each week you fill out this compass. And so the um, the planner is set up so you plan weekly and then you uh, plan daily. So each week you kind of set your goals for the whole week and plan what you can. And at the end of each day you sort of go, okay, what do I have to do next the next day? You know, oh, this thing is finished and then, so let me do that tomorrow. It's really, again, being self-employed and, and needing that sort of direction. It's been really good to have. Um, so... Uh, are we ready to move on to creating a job search plan? Yes, I think we are. We're, we're running short okay. on time, so we may have to yeah, we are. fast forward through yeah. some of this, but we, we want to get to all of it. So listen yeah. to the nuggets, so, and, and Jerome, take it away. Okay, so, um, and we did a whole podcast on searching, uh, on creating a, a job search plan, so we don't need to say a whole lot about it, but things like setting mini goals. 
you mentioned um, having, uh, you know, like four informational interviews a week or whatever it happens to be, you know, setting many goals week to week, day to day, um, so that you can feel like you're making progress. Um, you know, how many resumes are you going to send out? How much time are you going to spend looking for positions? What networking events are you going to go to? Those kinds of things. And then if you're somebody who's procrastinates, which I am, um, there's a writer named Sark who invented micro movements because she was a, a, a procrastinator as well. So the micro movement is just the smallest step. So in my uh, work as a resume writer, if I feel like I'm procrastinating, okay, micro-movement. Go to my computer and open a new document. That's it, right? <laughs> so it's, with the micro-movement is the tiniest little step to get you going. She even does things like mini-yoga. So she'll say, I'm going to mini-yoga. Mini-yoga is you show up for yoga and you do one pose, and then you can leave if you want to. If you leave, you just say mini yoga and you leave. But the point is when you start and do something for five minutes, the odds are pretty good that you're going to continue. Just, yeah. You know. well, I would agree. And, and that's such a mind thing. It's, you know, I, I've heard it stated once begun, it's half done. And right. you know, however you want to refer to it, it is so true. I mean, I've done that in cleaning my house, you know, where it's like, well, I'm just going to start in the bathroom. You know, that's all yep. I'm going to do. You know, I say that to myself, and then next thing you know, I'm down on my hands and knees scrubbing grout with a toothbrush, right. and I, I'm right. going to town, you know. So it's yeah. it's funny, but it works. Well, yeah, because inspiration and motivation doesn't show up until we start, unfortunately, yeah. right? So if we're waiting to be motivated, it's just something we won't ever do it. So it's just getting in action. Um, yeah. We talked about accountability partners, so we don't need to talk about that. Uh the last thing about planning is to think about job search as a numbers game, right? So it's about applying as many places as you can, finding as many networking partners as you can, um, you know. And uh, and I think the caveat is to make sure you're looking for um, qualified leads to apply to. So understanding what it is that you want and and reaching out and applying for as many positions as you can. And then the book, What Colors Your Parachute, talks about um, the importance of having multiple strategies to finding a job. So it's not enough just to log onto your computer, go to the job boards, and apply for jobs. That's one strategy. You also have to network. You have to do informational interviewing. And so as you're making your mini goals, maybe you say, okay, uh, Maybe you list five strategies and say, I'm going to choose three and employ those this week, right? I'm going to apply online. I'm going to do an informational interview. I'm going to go to a networking event, right? So, you know, go through all, what are all the job search strategies? Choose three a week. Um, yep. Keep, keep the momentum going. I think that's a real key yep. component to it. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Um, are we ready to move on to action? Yes. Okay. So, again, we're sort of talking – we've talked a lot about this stuff, but here's the concept behind action. So I read a book um, that talked about – it was called Manifesting Change. And it said there are three steps to manifesting change. The first is having a goal or an intention. We've talked a lot about that. The second is just moving, right? So um, I liken it to GPS in your car. The GPS will tell me how to get someplace, 
but it doesn't work until I start moving. So getting into action in some way really kickstarts the universe. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, at the moment of commitment, the universe conspires to assist you. Um, Goethe said that. At the moment of commitment, the universe conspires to assist you. So how do you demonstrate commitment? You do something. You do something. You just get into action. Um, so networking, informational interviewing, that's action. Uh, we talked about exercise. That's action. Tackling tasks, right? Um, mm -hmm cleaning out the closets, those kinds of actions just move the energy. But in terms of job search, there are things like volunteering, right? Um, helping others feels good. Um, it's great to include in your resume. Keeps your skills sharp, right? Um, yep. What are your thoughts, uh, Judson? Well, I do a fair amount of volunteering myself, and I, it always feels good. You know, every single time, um, you know, pick, pick something that's near and dear to your heart, of course, um, and maybe something that would allow you to network with you know, other professionals. You know, that, that may be, you know, volunteering in a professional association that's tied to your industry or sector. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities to volunteer. But when, when you help others, you do more than just help others. It, it really allows you to feel good about things, and it's, I mean, it's, they always say it's better to give than to receive, and that's, that's a prime example of that. <clears throat> and you may not always feel like doing it, but guaranteed, pretty much every time you're done, you'll always say, I'm so glad I did that. Mm -hmm. so I, I, yeah. I think just getting out there, you know, and you just never know who you're going to meet either. Because if someone, you know, right. if you're, if you're, you know, creating <clears throat> smaller bundles of, of bags of rice, for example, or whatever you're doing, and you start a conversation with people, like, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm in transition right now, and, oh, what are you looking for? And that's where you need to know what you're looking for so you can speak smartly about this. Um, but, you know, I, I've heard stories where someone will be talking to someone, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, this is what I do. I'm a marketing person and I'm, I'm trying to network my way into XYZ company. And the person says, oh, my uncle's the CEO at that company. I mean, you just don't know. I've heard that many times, different stories about when you know what you want and you start sharing it with people, then, then opportunities can come into existence. And that's a hard thing for some people because some people, you know, maybe it's pride or ego or call it what you will, but they don't want to say I'm unemployed, you know, because of the perceived stigma that may come along with it. And my advice there is just kind of work through that and get over it because you need to let others help you. So, yeah, I just think volunteering right. is such a wonderful thing. There's no downside to it. And you know, <clears throat> I, the, the term yeah. I heard one time, <clears throat> you know, we've all heard, you know, oh, she's a real go-getter. Well, the thing that I liked about volunteers is they are go-givers. And if you start to give, it's giving that starts the receiving process a lot of times. So you don't do it to get anything. You just do it because it's the right thing to do, and then there's a benefit. Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we talk about karma. It's like good karma to get, right, to help people yep. out. And you develop it. You're keeping your skills sharp. You might, you might be developing new skills. And it gets you out of the house. It gets you out of your... Uh, you know, maybe stagnant routine. So um, I think it's a great 
Um, great idea. Um, We're, you know what? I was going to say. I was going to say, um, we are almost out of time here. So if we can just sure. pick one or two more points here that you think are really crucial um, yeah. in our outline, um, let's, let's do that and we'll wrap it up. Well, I think we've talked a lot about a, a lot of things, right? So um, I think um, just, let's just the last two things I would talk about is um, in managing your career search, um, you know, be – Focus your energy on on the the things that are going to get you results in terms of your career, but then also remember um, you have to have a component of self care. Um, so, pampering yourself when you feel um, tired, getting enough sleep, engaging with other people, being social, and then um, being. Um, being connected to some spiritual practice. And I read once um, that the most successful um, CEOs and, you know, and, and entrepreneurs have some sort of spiritual practice or mindfulness practice built into their day. Um, that could be meditation. It could be um, yoga. It, it could be prayer. It could be any number of things. But um, there's, most successful people have something, some sort of mindfulness or, or spiritual practice. So find out what that is for you um, and, um, you know, and, and connect with that larger part of who you are. Um, and we talked a little bit about that earlier. Um, what would be any last thoughts for you, Judson, that we didn't touch on that maybe seem important? Yeah. Well, we talked about a lot of different things here. So there's many moving parts here. <clears throat> and, you're, and, and staying positive is not going to be contingent upon just one of those things more than likely. So try to take this in a holistic way. Um, hopefully you've taken some good notes. And think about it in terms of controlling our thoughts, taking actions, and celebrating our victories, even if they're little steps. Little steps are mm -hmm. important. Um, in, in, the, in this process, just to know that you're making progress. It's really about progress and not perfection. So don't think I have to do everything perfectly. It's just take a step and see where it leads you, see what you learn from that, and just keep, keep on keeping on, I guess would be my uh -huh. friend. Yeah, I, I think you touched on something really important. It's process, right? Progress and process. You know, and mm -hmm. anyone who's involved in any sort of creative um, like if you're an artist or a writer or whatever, the process is what it's about. The end product is great, but, you know, we're all in the process of becoming. It's, uh, it's really about the journey in so many ways. Even And, again, thinking about this unemployment is part of this overall life cycle, you know. It's just, you know, uh, it's the – I think sometimes it's the universe's way of taking us out of a situation because it has something else for us to do, right? Yeah. It wants to expand us. It's really about our expansion. And think about it in that way. Like, what's next for me? When I'm working with my clients and they come to me and they're depressed about being unemployed, I, I always say, you know what, let's think about this as an opportunity because you get to choose next what you're going to do. You get to choose. And the sky's the limit. So what, what's the next adventure you want? 
think about it in that way. What, what am I going to create now? Um, and it's just a really great way of thinking about it and framing it. Yep. And you're going to think about it one way or the other, so you may as well you know, put that positive spin on it the best you can. Thoughts become things, so choose the good ones. That's what Mike Dooley would say. Okay. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> so, thank, thank you so much uh, for listening. Just to kind of give you a sense of where we're going for season two. So like I said earlier, this is sort of season 1.5 or the epilogue to season one. In season two, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about up-leveling your career, being in the career, and facing challenges. How do you make the most of your current situation when you're currently employed. Um, so it's not so much focused on job seeking, but on, um, you know, being in the career and still being in the driver's seat, right? Because sometimes I think we end up in a job and we sort of just coast. Um, and who yeah. wants to coast, right? So it's about, <laughs> like, being in the driver's seat and really choosing um, what's next for you and understanding when it's time to make a change, whatever. So um, yep. uh, that's where we're going. And uh, uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Just uh, quickly, if you're interested in connecting with me, um, my company is called The Resume Shop Inc. And Inc. is I-N-K. Uh, you can find me via email at resumeshopinc.inc at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, Instagram, so I, all over social media, uh, feel free to connect with me there. If you want to reach the podcast, you can reach us at uplevelcareers, with an S, uplevelcareers at gmail.com. podcast is available on a number of platforms, including Google, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, and I did a, uh, just a Google search on our um, uh, the title of our podcast the other day and found out we are a lot of places I didn't know we were. So, um, so uh, uh, please subscribe to us, to the podcast through your favorite uh, platform and uh, give us reviews, things like that. Share uh, the information with your friends so that we can continue to expand our listeners audience. Yes. And, and I would encourage our listeners also, as we move into season two, when we focus on people who are currently employed, maybe underemployed or misemployed, however it happens to be for you, please send us emails with some of the challenges that you face so that we can address these issues in our podcast throughout the season. And to reach Great. me, um, my, this is Judson, and I, my career, um, my website, I should say, is careerpathstrategies.com. And I can be reached at Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N, at CareerPathStrategies.com. We're so glad that you were part of our broadcast today. We hope that you found some good nuggets to take away and things you can apply if you're down in your search. We encourage you always to connect with other people because that's, that's I think, how we're meant to go through this life. So we thank Absolutely. you so much for being with us here today, and we look forward to having you join us next time. Thank you, Jerome, for your insights as well. Thank you, Jetson. Best of luck to all of you. We'll talk soon.